2: It is hour number two of the GBAC Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a fantastic day. We are joined now by Fox play-by-play announcer Kevin Burkhardt here on your home of the Cowboys. And a good afternoon to you, sir. How the heck are you?
0: Uh, I'm great. Getting ready for this game. Glad to be back on with you guys With The Fan. Excited.
2: Well, it's always great to have you on, uh, Kevin. And we would love to know from your perspective, I know you looked at this game every week, way, and you, you know the teams well anyway. How how good of a shot do you think the Cowboys have of uh, pitching, uh, getting the upset done out there?
0: Uh, I mean, I think they have a great shot. They play like they did on Monday night. I, I mean, we did a lot of Cowboys games this year. I don't know. We did seven or eight of their games, right? And, and we've seen them at their best. And honestly, even the games they lost, with the exception of the Washington game week week 18, which was kind of a... A weird one Um, they were certainly winnable games games they lost on the road in overtime and things like that so I I, let's put it this way I I think the Niners are a great team they're obviously on fire right now uh, the way they're playing but I think the Cowboys have as many weapons and as much of an ability to derail them as anybody Uh, it's just putting it all together and getting those matchups right
3: And we've been breaking this one down, Kevin, and and looking at the Niners team, clearly they're red hot. 11 straight wins. The McCaffrey trade seems like it's really put them over the top. But as you've been prepping and talking for people getting ready for this matchup, is there a weakness that that you think the Cowboys could exploit looking at San Francisco?
0: Yeah. I mean, weakness is is a relative term because of uh, how good they're playing. All right. I mean, when you win 11 in a row and you're, you're doing things the way you're doing it, but um I think defensively, their defense is great, obviously, the number one scoring defense in the league. But but the weakness is is at cornerback, right? And the couple of rare times where they've had some issues this year, you know, their last loss was a game at home against Kansas City that we did, and they got uh, exploited on the outside in that game. Um, same thing in the Raider game they played about a month ago with Jared Stidham quarterback. Now, how do you get that? You have to block, which is, you know, it's easier to say, well, if they can give them time, most teams can't give them time because their front is insane. And the way that they work their front with stunts and they're so good and so calculated, you know, and then, you know, kind of like Micah Parsons, and you have, they have athletic freaks on their defense, like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, guys that just make up for uh, a lot of mistakes. So I, I think the old, if you can block them up, um the weakness is that corner i think but it's a big if not a lot of teams have been able to successfully do that
4: is there anything you're anticipating more than the uh the first cowboy extra point in this game
0: (laughs) i mean boy oh boy i mean you ever thought you'd be saying you'd be looking forward to an extra point right um I think there are so many great matchups in this game individually that I'm fascinated to watch. I I think obviously just Bosa and Parsons alone and where they line up and how they match up in this game. But for me, if I'm picking one outside of that, it's CD lamb. And the bottom line is this, we know Dallas moves him around all the time. We know he's, if not number one, number two in the league in terms of slot production but I think they're going to move him and move him a lot because in the slot you got Jimmy Ward who's played there all year and he's a playmaker, but he's not a true slot guy. But I think they really benefit by moving him around in this game, um, and I kind of feel like that's something we're going to see.
5: Kevin, which uh, which Dak Prescott do you expect to see? The one that you were broadcasting against uh, the Commanders, or the one that you were watching on a Monday night?
0: You know, I got to be honest, guys. I I again, I've I've either. Broadcast or watched every Dallas game between you know doing them and just watching them for prep. I think Dax had an outstanding year. I really do, and I and I think like when you look at obviously the interceptions stand out, and he had what three pick sixes in a four or five week span, so that stuff is going to jump out at you. And clearly, he'll be the first to say it at week eighteen in Washington. He didn't play well; it was one of his worst games in a couple of years. Um, but I think overall, he's had a he's had an outstanding year. I mean. Since he's come back, their offense is putting up video game numbers. I mean, they're over 30 points a game. I'm not really sure what else you could ask for him. He played, that being said, he played at an exceptional level. And, um, you know, I think he'll tell you he's at his best when he just takes a beat, you know, goes back, takes a little bit of a beat um, and doesn't rush. And I just think he's got all the capability in the world. I think he's had a great year. I expect him to play really, really well.
2: Uh, Kevin, how about rookie quarterbacks not winning the Super Bowl ever? Obviously, that's that's a tough thing to slot through there. But is there anything to that? And do you think the slipper's coming off here with Brock Purdy before this playoff runs over?
0: I don't think the slipper's coming off. I'm not saying that he can't have a bad game and he can't have a game where he throws a couple picks. Um, anybody can have that game, right? Um, we We've seen it. But I think the one thing about this kid is he could care less about anything I mean, we did his debut against Tom Brady and they rolled the bucks. And he was like, it's like, he'd been playing for 10 years. Here's what I'll say about Bertie. You know, when we talked to the Niners and when he got his first start, it was all like, of course we'll see how he plays, but they loved like his confidence, felt like he belonged type of thing. Like you never got to feel like he was a rookie. If you watch him play, I just don't know that there's a team in the history of the league where they're on their third quarterback. Obviously you're on your third quarterback by necessity. He's made them better. They're, they're better with him, which is, it, it's pretty incredible. So it's not like he's just coming in and like holding down the ship. It's not like he's just coming in and okay, don't turn it over. Don't give it away. Cause we've got the number one defense. He's made them better. Their offense is better because of him because he's a great scrambler with his feet, not necessarily running, but just moving around the pocket. He buys time. And he's got a good arm. Uh, And and again, his confidence is at a ridiculous level. So this certainly could be a game where he turns it over. And if he does, it's because of Dallas' defense, and that's what they do better than anybody in the league. But if he does, it's not because the moment's too big for him. Been around him, talked to him, seen it. I I don't think anything scares him.
2: Of course, Kyle Shanahan getting a lot of credit for the offensive play design. Where do you think he fits amongst the great uh, coaches in today's game?
0: Yeah, and there's no doubt that's a part of it, right? Shanahan is brilliant, and it certainly helps scheme his guys open, and that helps the quarterback, no doubt. Um, boy, if you're asking offensive schemers in today's game, I mean, it's tough to think of many better. It really is. I mean, it's pretty amazing, and I was thinking about it. You know, with Shanahan, if you go back in his career, he hasn't had that many – Well, I mean, you're talking about star quarterbacks. You go back to when he was coordinating for Atlanta in the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan was the MVP that year. But that was Matt Ryan's best year of his career. Other than that, when he was coordinating Washington, he had RG3's rookie year, which was a great year. He's kind of made these guys everywhere he's played be better because of his scheming and his design. I mean, I I think the guy's brilliant. I really do. But, you know, they've been to the championship game now multiple times the last couple years. He's been to Super Bowls. He's got one more hurdle to climb.
5: Kevin, uh, you know, we're always – one of the buzzwords that we use in the media is that X factor, the player. Is there somebody that you're kind of thinking about in this game, like we're talking about all the stars that are going to be involved, but is there somebody like on your radar that you're going to talk about when you get on air and say, hey, this is a guy we kind of need to keep an eye on for this one?
0: Well, there's I, I, w- I would say there's a lot in this game, but – you know, I, I think there's two things. I, you know, if I'm, since I said Lamb earlier, let me flip it a little bit. I think I think Christian McCaffrey, with, with how they are using him right now, um, they have such an ability to scheme up explosive plays with him. Um, and with Elijah Mitchell back healthy, kind of as the inside runner, he doesn't even have to take be the guy that takes the beating inside, even though he's a very good inside runner. How are they going to defend him? I, I don't know the answer. I don't think anybody really truly knows the answer, but I think a guy that I think a guy that's had a great year. That's always in the mix. Um, whether it's, you know, he's on him, whether he's on Kittle, which he usually is low and tight ends. Is J Ron curse. I think curse has been tremendous for, for Dallas this year. He's so versatile. He usually is on the tight end or have some kind of factor with that. And I feel like, you know, when Dallas is, is making a, a big play back there, he, he has a hand in a lot of them. So you know, I think he's kind of an underrated guy. And with McCaffrey and with the way Kittle's been playing, Kittle's kind of been reborn with Purdy at quarterback. He was quiet for a lot of weeks. I, I'll circle J. Ron Kearse.
3: You, uh, of course, have gotten to travel to a variety of different stadiums. You know which fans travel the best. Are you expecting a pretty good Cowboys representation there in, at Levi Stadium this Sunday?
0: I mean, of course. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Let's go. I, uh, I do. I I will say though, like for when I, when I was first doing games at Levi's stadium, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the atmosphere of candlestick was wild. So it wasn't that, that place has come a long way. They've developed a little bit of a tailgating, you know, good atmosphere up there. So I do expect – there's always Cowboys fans, so I do expect that. But it has been a really good atmosphere to play in, and the 49ers at home have really good numbers, especially defensively there. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if the Cowboys fans can make some noise and be a factor.
4: Kevin Burkhart with us here in the Gbag Nation. What are these production meetings like, Kevin? Like in lead-up to a game, how many days out? Like when are you going to sit down and, and chat with, I assume, McCarthy, Dak? How does that work?
0: Uh we're doing them today uh tomorrow and Saturday. So we 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 do them on Zoom usually. Um and you know we talked to we talked to Mike and Dak earlier today. We got a couple more to go today. Um and, and and we'll finish up Saturday with a couple of the 49ers coaches. So we do them on Zoom. They're great. I mean they're you know you know we have a good relationship with a lot of these people and um you know the beauty of it is is you know we're not looking to break news on Twitter. We're we're usually having football conversations that are spearheaded by Greg Olson who's so good and so smart and, you know, breaking down film and, and seeing what he thinks and just you know, they're having those conversations and then, you know, to be frank, a lot of times it's just it's sharing of information that, that helps us understand what they're gonna try and do on Sunday. You know, now we can't say any of that stuff until we go on the air Sunday, but I just say it's a good give and take. You know, it's a lot of it's just football conversation. There is some inside information offered there, some people more than others. Um, But, you know, I think when we get done with all of them, we usually get a pretty good feel of what these teams want to do, and then we'll see if it actually works and executes on the field.
2: What players are the most helpful? Have you ever been like, wow, I'm surprised they shared that?
0: I mean, I love love talking with Dak. Uh, You know, I think he's great. He's he's always, you know, he always is is comfortable and just uh, talks ball, and I think he's honest, which – is awesome it's never like a sugar coating right you know he'll tell you that you know monday morning after washington sucked because (laughs) you know why the team meeting and how it went and everything like that so i always appreciate just you know realness and honesty it's not like we're not sitting there asking to give us the first 20 plays of the game it's it's more just like a give and take and trying to get a feel of the team and if anything interesting is going to happen for me as a play-by-play guy it's helpful it's like hey is so-and-so going to play more than somebody else or, you know, just to have an idea going in. So we're not surprised when something happens, but yeah, since I uh, just got done talking to him, Dex, has been one of my favorites over the years.
3: We focus so much on offenses, but how spoiled are we with Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa in this game? I mean, are, are they not the two best defensive players maybe in all of football? How exciting is this to get to watch both of them? Maybe the two front runners for defensive player of the year.
0: Yeah, I think it's 1-2. I you know, you know when I was thinking about this matchup this week and obviously I've been thinking about it a lot and I'm sure you guys have been talking about the great history here, but I think, you know, you know when it when it was really at its at its at its pinnacle in the 90s with three straight championship games and I just think about those games in terms of all of the stars and all of the hall of famers on the field at one time in in those games. And I'm just looking at the rosters, you know, in in front of me, and I think the same thing. I mean, you you look at all of the stars on both these teams and potential Hall of Famers that could be on these teams. Just look at the All-Pros and the Pro Bowl voting. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's star upon star. But when you watch Parsons and Bosa, I just think it's fascinating. Obviously, Mike can go back and play linebacker. But two guys who can move anywhere on either side, or in the middle, and they single-handedly can wreck a game. And I think the beauty about those two is that they can be quiet for a while. They can go, which doesn't really happen very often, but they can be quiet. You can be watching the game. You can watch a couple quarters, maybe even three-and-a-half quarters. But then the fourth quarter, they make one big play, which ruins the game. And I think that's the beauty of those guys, is you just can never forget them or where they are or look what they're doing. And, you know, for us, just like showing replays, even if they're not doing anything, why? Because it's this one's going to break. You know, It's so hard to keep them quiet for an entire game. So I'm fascinated to watch.
4: Okay, we've been fascinated about halftime broadcaster consumption um, in terms of food. <laughs> Al Michaels is doing steak and shrimp in the booth at halftime. We got our own Brad Sham, voice of the Cowboys. He's mowing through a bunch of uh, sushi. Gene Deckeroff, Buccaneers. He's a hot dog mustard only. That's all he's got time for during halftime. What is Kevin Burkhart consuming in the booth during halftime?
0: eat steak a uh, steak and shrimp in in 9 minutes. I mean that's um, how does he do it? That's, uh, it's so fast. Professional. I don't think he. Any-
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's a professional red meat eater that
0: Al Michaels. No vegetables. Is, no vegetables,
5: yeah. No vegetables at all.
0: That's impressive, boy. I I I, I have a hard time because then i have in indigestion for the second half. So I will say we do have like a game day ritual. Now when we're in Dallas, we grab a little uh, we grab a little sushi from outside the booth. It's phenomenal. So we do do that.
3: You I don't think, think Shane for anything. that.
0: Yeah, Brad, I love you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, we have we have a you know we have a, a, a routine. We get we get Jersey Mike subs every game, and we kind of either eat them pregame or halftime. And then we have these peanut butter pretzels, which we eat no less than three bags a game. Olson and I just demolish these things during a game. So more of a snacker than like a sit down meal guy. I'd oh, say. Oh,
4: that's fantastic. We're big J. Mike's guys up
2: in here. You go too. with the thirteen. What's that? You go with the 13 at Jersey Mike's, the Italian?
0: Oh, uh, 13 is usually most of the time. That's that's actually the order almost every single week. Good that's call. a good call. It's, it's a great call, yeah. yeah.
3: Is there a stadium that you think has uh, the better press box food com- compared to any other? They've got a better spread.
0: The, I'm not just saying this because I'm on with you guys, but the Dallas spread is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. I mean, between – the sushi and the regular food they bring in, and then they bring in these little macarons, like those those little soft cookies with a filling in the middle, which are Delightful. out of this world. It's I mean it's bad. I don't eat all week just so I could eat like seven thousand <laughs> calories on game day.
4: <laughs> yeah, dude, I make a fool of myself in that press box from time to time. Uh, Joe Buck has alleged that he had to pee in a trash can in the booth at any point. Have you ever? Uh, do you have any bathroom issues in the booth during games?
0: Uh, I'm going to knock on wood and, and and say no and hope that trend continues. I mean, luckily for most NFL stadiums now, the they have a bathroom in the broadcast booth, which is big because the ones, the older stadiums that are, uh, you know, this is kind of like one for like the entire coaches and radio and TV. That's dicey. You know, like you got to get in and mm-hmm. get out, and then you got to get back. It's really, really, it's not great under pressure. Dangerous so, game. Uh, it's a dangerous game. So it, I guess, theoretically, you should be more careful what you eat and drink but i clearly don't i also drink like two liters of dr pepper on game day so there's that
2: let's go you <laughs> well, are a machine I, I hope i didn't just give you
4: your own broadcaster's jinx there you might get uh, in a world of trouble in san francisco on sunday that's on me well, it's on me kevin
0: let's put it this way if you hear olsen calling a play you'll know what
2: happened
0: <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks kevin
2: we appreciate you have a great call we'll chat with you soon there he goes the great kevin burkhart fox play-by-play man here on your home of the cowboys 1053 the fan and uh yeah he's always fun to talk with okay how these teams are different than last year have things shifted more in the cowboys favor possibly less that's coming up next it is the g Bag nation on your home of the cowboys
1: 1053 the fan
0: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play.
2: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back. It is the G Bag Nation here on 1053. The fan, little Michael Irvin cut here for you. Uh, Will the Cowboys be more prepared for San Francisco than they were last year? Here is the playmaker with Sean and RJ yesterday.
7: What we saw and what we heard, what we said, are you guys crazy? What are you guys doing? we'll hopefully get the residual of all of that now. When Jerry and was saying, when I told you, I talked to Steven about stop drafting the most talented. Drafted the connect, drafted connected. Draft the hardest workers. Draft the guys that know how to bring guys together. And when they got a the Tyler Smith and those guys, and he talks about the Michael Parsons, that's a different perspective. We want tough guys. We want tough guys. Everybody said, man, what are y'all talking about? What are y'all? This is what they were talking about. Yes, I was more worried, but this team knows now what it takes because of what San Fran did to them. It wasn't that San Francisco blew him out because if we got that ball, they and kicked that ball. We ended up winning that game. But like Michael Parsons told me on my podcast, oh. man, I was sore for two weeks after that game. So you got to be ready for the kind of battle you're going to have in San Francisco, and you're going to be sore going into the next game, even if you win this one.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, And I didn't want to believe this team was finesse either. And we'd heard about how they weren't tough enough, but it was like against Washington a couple of years back when all their players were hurt. And we're like, yeah, right. That's because Tyron Smith and Zach Martin didn't play. Wait until next year. And then you beat Washington. So it was like, well, fine. Maybe they're more of a finesse team than a physical team, but it's not a critical flaw. But last year against the 49ers, I think you saw that two years into Mike McCarthy, this team's still not tough enough. They add Hankins, though. Leighton Van Der Esch is playing better. It is year two for Micah Parsons. I think more importantly, nobody's sleeping on the Niners like they were last year. Where they kind of barely snuck into the playoffs and they had Jimmy G, and you're like, Yeah, you're, you but you're gonna beat him, right? And and now it's a feeling like San Francisco is the favorite. And I think mentally that creates a, a much different outlook going into the game, Brian.
5: No, they're well coached. We've talked about that a bunch. This guy's gonna put you in a lot of different spots to have to try and to defend him. And you know, and 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 D'Amico Ryan's is, you know, he's interviewing for a lot of head coaching jobs as well. And so you know what they are defensively, and but you know it, it's interesting. The more we dive into this team, the more that others feel like there's some there's some issues, and I mean issues in a way of, hey, this is how you're you know this team is, it's it's not the it's not the 85 Bears. I always use the 85 Bears, or it's not this team that you're gonna just be completely scared of. I mean, it's a team that's got you know they they mask some of the things, some of the deficiencies they have. Their front masks a lot of problems they have in the secondary. They're playing with a rookie quarterback. They've got tremendous skill guys. McCaffrey's a great skill guy. The Debo Samuel. I mean, we talk about all the skill that they have. They block well up front, but there's deficiencies. Every, every team has these things, and it's the, it's, the, it's the way that you find out how to get to their deficiencies and take advantage of their deficiencies. That's going to be the difference in this game. And so that's why I'm going to go into this game. Just real quick, Gavin, I'm sorry. But I'm just going to go into this game with the attitude is that I'm going to figure out some things to do to this team. They're going to try and figure out some things on me, which is that's what's great about this game. But yeah. I'm going to figure out some things and some ways to attack them and make it difficult on them as well. They have to be nervous about playing Dallas. Was they really, the secondary
2: really like that last year?
5: Well, there was to me it was it was different in safety. Hmm. It, it was different and I am trying to so remember. So you replaced
2: that one guy. I'm it try, opens yeah, I'm trying up. to
5: I'm trying to think of like, you know, of how everything I, I know is tart was the safety. Yeah, the you Chriski know, Tart. And so he was a he was a faster, bigger hitter. Okay, Hafunga is a big hitter, but he can't he doesn't patrol. He's not a cover guy. Yeah, he doesn't patrol. So all of a sudden now you're trying to get your guys on it, it's like it's like when the it's like when the 49ers, if they're doing if they're doing like their radio show, we're sitting there talking about, well, you need to attack the left corner for the Cowboys. Who is that? Who is the left? They don't have who's the left corner. You know, that's what yeah. you do going into the game. So to me, I'm sitting there looking at like, okay, you have safeties that can't cover. You have you have safeties so you know, and, and my, my guy my coaches yesterday were saying, Win the middle of the field. Win the middle of the field. I gotta believe that that Dak Prescott, Kellen Moore, all those offensive coaches over there are looking at that tape and saying, Okay, if we could sure up this front. And yeah. and, and 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 Kevin Burkhart's right. It's not easy to block these guys. That Joey Bose is a hell of a player. We all understand that. Or not Joey uh Nick Bose. Nick, Nick, Nick yeah. Bose, I'm sorry. No, it's
1: easy. But, I've done
5: but, it a hundred times. But this see, week. that's what I'm saying though. But you do block them, and all of a sudden you get confidence like, okay, we can move the ball here. Yeah. We can move the ball. That's great stuff. But if you don't, if you don't, you're going to be wearing Nick Bosa in this game. You're going to be wearing Armstead. You're going to be wearing all these guys if you don't block. But that's why they're in this divisional game right now because they got to the point where they could block a lot of these teams.
4: Yeah. No, that's great stuff. Last year, the Cowboys offense was broken. I mean, it was coming yeah. into this game, it was, and we we wanted to hope that things were going to get going, and it never did. And we had a large sample last year throughout the regular season leading into the playoffs that, unless they were playing a JV Eagles squad or whatever, uh, then it was like this thing, is, this offense is broken, and it's not broken now. They can run the ball. Um, unless they're playing against Washington. That seems to be the one team they they, they can't yeah, really the run the ball Yeah, the commanders won't let against. you run the ball. Yeah, but they, they can run the ball. Uh, and Dak is playing way better than what he was last year. Uh, and, and he's and, healthy. And Yeah, and now he's willing to run. And that wasn't really a threat that you had to worry about if you were the Niners' defense last year. So there's a lot of reason for optimism. And to add to the physicality, I don't remember what the, the status of Donovan Wilson was last year i know he was banged up more but like we obviously get a full donovan wilson in this particular game uh and, and so there's some great I think schultz
5: got hurt in the game last schultz year. got hurt in the yeah. game
4: but uh but sam williams is another yeah. uh guy when you start out like yeah. just physical yeah. toughness menacing kind of dude yeah. sam williams oh is you're one talking of those about the guys. toughness aspect I yeah. yeah okay yeah.
2: 808 stop telling me they got issues when the cowboys have bad losses I tell you, you look back on some of the losses. The Packers were just discovering Christian Watson, and I know they were scuffling, but they go on a big winning streak late. The Jaguars was obviously not a bad loss when you see now what they were capable of. They were just coming into that. They're still playing this weekend. Uh, you know I think Tampa at the start of the season in retrospect, that's a bad loss. You know, maybe mentally you you weren't ready, you know, to to go out there and beat Tom Brady. You were still intimidated by them, and you shouldn't have been. I don't know what happened week one. Um, the Eagles game, you you were with Cooper Rush, you know. So I would I would push back a little bit. Obviously, the Washington game was a bad loss, though.
5: I, I went back and watched the Forty ers play the Falcons. as a bad loss for the for the four. And you could say, well, everybody was out for the Forty ers You know, it's fine, but it, it's it's a bad loss. You know, it really really is. So yeah, I mean, along the way, as a seventeen week season, you're going to have a bad loss or two.
2: A uh, two one four. I can sit and listen to Krusty talk football all day you and me both man uh
5: appreciate that complete
2: opposite cowboys are nervous playing the 49ers after their kicker missed four extra points says the 775 so maybe that that is one thing that's for the worse is that you don't have as much confidence in your kicker but last year we weren't that thrilled about Greg Zerline either the bottom line though it was 23-17 last year maybe if the cowboys managed the clock better or make one extra play they would have figured out a way to win that game Right, and, and the Cowboys actually smashed them pretty good in the second half. And yes, the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. They haven't played any of the other best five teams, though. We've seen them build their reputation off of beating decent playoff teams, but not the cream of the crop. So there are things left, I, I think, very much for you to decide on your own that could be valid opinions one way or another going into this uh, football game.
4: Well, they did play the Chiefs, and they got railed. Yeah. yeah. That was a, that's the one like solid team you played and when you talk about Dak being able to use his legs and create time to backyard football a little bit I guarantee you probably saw a ton of that in the Chiefs game with Pat Mahomes. And I know that's Pat Mahomes, but Dak has some of the, those elements to his game as well. Mobility throwing on the run, extending plays, and that is one way that you can really beat this defense. And I would imagine Pat Mahomes did it for, for four quarters scoring 44 points. Wow! Well,
5: there's a couple of teams that really exposed the 49ers secondary, and and we were talking about that. You know, the Chiefs did it, and the Raiders were able to do it. You know, Those are the things that you have to – Again, not not everybody has the ability to block their front or hang and handle how they're going to play. You know, we'll see. Like okay. you say, the Cowboys. I mean, that that's the thing. I, I I'm the one. I'm the one of these guys that has confidence in the Cowboys' tackles in this game.
2: You do now. Let me ask you this: Is Brock Purdy better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Are they getting an improvement I, at quarterback as well?
5: They're getting an improvement in the way of that how accurate this guy is there are times where Jimmy they, they, they've won games before without Jimmy having to be even a factor or really even throw the football this kid has the ability to make those he's perfect I've said this before he's perfect for this offense because of the way the offense is it's not this it's not this throw the ball way down the field offense it's everything underneath it's intermediate it's short it's 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 get the ball to accurately to the playmakers and then let them break tackles you know, I, I I'll say this: the McCaffrey trade put them over the top as far as this offense. Because if you go back and watch, and again, Kevin Burkhart was talking about this. Elijah Mitchell's a good player for them, good back, but he's not he's not Christian McCaffrey. No. So see, they and they, they kept
2: Mitchell and let yeah uh, and uh, and let uh, Wilson go. Well,
5: let, let Wilson yeah. go. So see, that's I I think that they right. they saw that they were deficient in some areas. But to answer your question, I feel like though that that. Brock Purdy does a better job of what they want to do right now than Jimmy Garoppolo does.
2: And that's scary. They, the, the stats say they're they a significantly better offense with Brock Purdy, so yeah. salute to him. You know, you mentioned McCaffrey. They get a bump in their runner, but I think the Cowboys do too with Dak running now and with Tony Pollard going to be a lot more deployed, probably four times as many carries as he did last year. Yeah, that's
5: year. where, my again, my coach friend was telling me, it's like, listen, you have an advantage in Dallas with your running backs. He says, now, you, you, you have that ability to make them pay for dump-offs and check-downs and things like that. He says they tackle well, but also, though, you have to have that ability just to make those quick little plays, and you do with Pollard.
2: NBA news is swirling around, and the Mavs are involved in a lot of it. We'll go around the rim and talk some NBA with you next in the G Back Nation. All right, welcome back, Nation. Uh, players that need a big game for a Cowboys victory is coming up at 4 o'clock. But it's time now to go around the rim, and here's your buddy to do just that, Eric follow.
4: Hello. Let's go ahead and cut the lights out, put the kids down for an afternoon snoozer. The G-Bag Nation is going all the way around the rim. Rain dance. Dude, I cannot wait for you guys to hear this Stephen A. Smith sound. He was on with Howard Stern, and he I love was talking Howard. about I love uh, Howard so. he was talking about Kobe. Uh, Kobe Bryant and and it's it's a pretty legendary story. Uh, so we will get to that momentarily. I also wanted to mention that John Morant has been subjected to a ridiculous amount of drug tests this year. Uh, and he had oh, that we played the sound. I believe, maybe we played it on Monday. Best of the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. Because I mean, the way John Morant is getting up in the air is it has the NBA on like high alert. Like, there's no way this could be natural. These bunnies he doesn't are just have ridiculous. ups like this.
3: He's taking something. He's injecting stuff in his butt.
4: He's the modern rocket man. You think it's rocket the? Man. You think it's butt stuff that's getting him in the air like that? Well, I mean, Chuck? somebody once told me you inject the steroids in the tucus. Make me want to jump. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, little cheek action. Well, uh, he tweeted out that he had been drug tested like six times this season, and he walked in the arena the other night and found out he got another one. Uh, and so he just wanted to let the people let the people know that. Uh, and I, I do wonder what the protocol is on this. Like who who's like picking up the phone or going up to knock on the man's door to be like, hey. We need to throw another one this guy's way. He's just doing too much domination. Did you see that? Send him another one. You see it in all these sports. Good lord! I think it was A.J. Brown with the Eagles this year. It was like, man, I keep getting these these drug test things. <laughs> keeps showing up. Is it random? Because it seems like every time I have a monster game, uh, I end up I end up getting drug tested. So John Morant is no different. Are you uh, not entertained? Yeah, don't worry about how I'm doing it, bro. Seriously, man. Like, why are you trying to stop this? You know how viral you know how many like uh, impressions the NBA probably got on their whatever social media accounts by tweeting out uh, all these John Morant facials that he's dealing out. It's ridiculous, man. Uh, Now, let's go ahead and play the sound. We go to the Howard Stern show. It is Stephen A. Smith. This is a legendary throwback story. Uh, that he told just yesterday about being genuinely scared. Cause Howard Stern was like, yo, what? Like, do you ever get scared of some of these players? Because you go in on some of these guys a little bit. Have you ever been like, Man, I'm nervous about what this player's gonna do to me? Here's Stephen A talking about Kobe.
6: Oh, he scared me. Now he scared me. Kobe scared <laughs> to, Kobe, Kobe scared the living shit out of me. Cause here's why. Kobe was a savant. You did not know more basketball than Kobe Bryant. Right. So when Kobe Bryant called you. To complain and, and this is exact. I can quote him. I mean, I oh, I miss him so much. I can quote him for you right now. Voicemail. You know who this is, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Get your ass up. Pick up the fucking phone and call me back. That bullshit you just said. Wow. And don't keep me waiting, but so long either. Your ass better not go on the air and say some other shit before you talk to me. What Dad, had you said? What did you say? I would say something along the lines of, you know something? I don't like the way he's playing. It's selfish basketball right now. Look at this shot. Look at that shot selection. Look at this decision. Wow. What the hell is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he called me up. And so he <laughs> called me up, and I'll be like this. What now, man? And he's, and he'll say, look, you say you're watching basketball. The motherfucker watched the game. You didn't see this person do this. You didn't see him do this. You didn't see this dude miss this back cut. You didn't see this dude miss this dunk. You didn't see him drop the damn three passes that I threw to him over the first in 20 minutes. The fuck <laughs> are you talking about? And by the way, you see here, and you see this coach, right? He don't know what the he's doing, Steve. He don't know what he's doing, Steve. hey, what you doing? What you talking about? So you're going to bring up all that shit about me, but you didn't bring up that. And I went like this. Well, we were talking about you. I get all what you saying, but that don't absolve the shit you did. And then we get into it.
7: Mm. And he says, wow.
6: and then he'll go like this. I have no idea why I love your ass. I really don't. <laughs> Sometimes I really, really don't. But I love you. He said, but you go on the air, you say that shit again, I'm calling you to curse your ass out.
3: Wow. So you bet. He called him again and he cursed his ass out it's, it's good one right of my favorite
2: there, tiktok trends i'm sure that's already rotating now but people telling their kobe stories on shows and podcasts and stuff man it's it's incredible you know and, uh uh that one right there it, you know goes way up there just with his his competitive greatness and his ability to be so likable you know at oh, yeah. the end of something like that then he says the thing to Stephen a smith to be like well we're really boys you know i'm calling here you know and and I was trying to explain to Abby the other day why I didn't like Kobe when he was a player, right? And I explained to her, you know, I grew up a Trailblazers fan. It's sort of mandatory. You just don't like the Lakers, period. There's only two Lakers that Blazer fans ever really liked, Magic Johnson and Shaquille O'Neal, just because their personality sort of transcended sport. And I said, but maybe it's that he never let people see that side of him, Um because he wanted to maintain his competitive edge, you know, for everybody to think, oh, my goodness, he's just a lethal killer. Mm-hmm. He has no heart. You know, that that was part of it.
4: Yeah, yeah, he was uh, He was a different breed, man. He really was. And I, I didn't know, Broadus, if you ever had a player just, like, uh, dial up the phone or, or if you knew of oh, a media Jason Oh, Jason Witten. Oh, that's right, I told you the right. story about yeah. Jason Witten. He did that right to your face. Yeah, he
5: grabbed me in a media locker room segment. <laughs> yeah, we're out there at the <laughs> Valley Ranch. And oh, I was working for DallasCowboys.com and he, he walked up to me and, you know, I, I was on the staff that helped bring him here. I, and he, you know, we, I thought we had a pretty good relationship and all that. And he, he walked up to me and he goes, hey, come here. And I'm like, what? And he goes, come here. And he grabbed me and like, basically like by the shirt, just drug me outside there. I'm like, what's up? And he goes, when's the last time I ran an uh, effing route the wrong way? You know, and he and he, you know, because we were talking about in postgame, there was an interception where he ran a route and it looked like that he carried a defender in front of Des Bryant and the ball got intercepted in Seattle. And I talked to some people in the organization about, well, it, you know, he, you know, Whitten needed to do this and all that. And so I, I was thinking I was in the good and he it ended up he was right. He was right. And the the guy was wrong that I was talking to. And uh, yeah, he he lit me up, and I was just <laughs> like, you know, and what do you do? You just sit there and you're like, you just you just take it. You just give him a yes, sir. And I, 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 I had another again. one, Jason Hatcher, Ooh. Jason Hatcher. I was in my That's office upstairs, and like him and uh, Orlando Scandrick oh, come in. Gosh. Orlando Scandrick and I didn't get along at all, and uh, you know, and he and I said something on air because there were. Several of his teammates had said, hey, Hatch is kind of a selfish guy. And it wasn't just one, it was several of them. And so the whole thing was going on about the putting good tape out there and all that and the other, and he was going to get a contract extension. And I said, well, the, you know, some teams might look at it, he might be a selfish guy. And he heard that. So Skandrick and him come up there. And so Skandrick is like, "I, I look first off, you know, he, they, <laughs> they, they get me. I look at Skandrick and I go, what the F are you doing here? <laughs> And he goes, well, I'm just seeing what you're gonna, how you're gonna react. I go, this is between him and I. You need to haul your ass out of here. And he, he's like, oh, <laughs> he just wanted to come see the fight. Yeah, bro. Exactly. He's ready to go World star. Exactly. He wanted to see me and Hatcher go guy. at it. And I, I told Hatcher, I said, listen, and I, this is the honest truth to his face. And he might be driving around listening right now. But he I, is. I told him, I said, I said, listen, this is this is not between you and I. You need to you need to think about what your teammates are saying about you. Hmm. You know, this ain't about, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just telling you what your teammates are saying about you mm-hmm. and he's, you know, and then he dropped an F-bomb on me and left, but you know, that you, you have that habit. It's tough when you work over there at the Cowboys and you have to walk around or get on airplanes and you're right there. You know, it's a little bit different when you're, you yeah. know, when you're coming in and out of the building. But living over there every single day, man, that, that's that's oh,
4: yeah. a little rough. I can imagine. It's a little rough. Yeah, bro, that's no joke. Uh, we also have the Christian Wood news. He has a fractured left thumb happened last night. He's going to be reevaluated in a week or so. Uh, but CA had texted me earlier, Christian Wood fractured the thumb, dunking viciously in, uh, late in the game yesterday. So that's what it was. Uh must have been slammed it on the rim, and uh, that'll get you sometimes. So I always wonder how that doesn't happen more often Yeah, because you know, that, that rim's hard. 100%. Yeah. Uh, and the Clippers and Mavs game on Sunday has been moved to one thirty central time, okay, so that will idea. allow for all Mavs fans Very smart move. to be able to watch the Mavs and then also be able to watch the Cowboys because there would have been uh, a conflict there. Uh, had they just kept the the Mavericks game uh, on Sunday at the exact same time. And then just wanted to throw this out there from Mavs Muse. Uh, a year ago, uh, last January, the Mavericks had the number one best defensive rating in the sport. Wow! When you flip the calendar a year later, this January, Mavericks have the second worst defensive rating in the sport. And so that's probably what you might see just absolutely killing them right now. That's crazy. You
2: know, when they pulled it off last year, I thought it was so remarkable. And then once they did that, I thought it would be able to stick, especially when you move Jalen Brunson out, you add JaVale McGee. Hey, we're going to be even better defensively. To, to have it go the other way has got to be a sign, some sort of a red flag of, of something just not right uh, with the with the team or, or, or something like that. And hopefully when they get healthy, they're they going to make progress. You know, I, they really miss Kleba. And sure. the awareness and the covering for for one another, the the rim protection. So hopefully there's, they can still be average. Hopefully they can get that corrected back the right way before. Hey, uh, last too time long. Jason
3: Kidd called them out, they turned things around. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe we'll get that again.
2: Players that need a big game for a Cowboys dub on Sunday. That's coming up next here on 105.3 the fan